Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We apologize for the technical difficulties that we had today, but you know what? Times, they are changing. <laughs> I'd have to read that segment by Thomas Paine one of these days. These are the days that try men's souls. And so here we are. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, people coming back. Hey, just before I forget, make sure that you hit that subscribe button. Where am I? Right there. Hit that subscribe button right there. Make sure that you also give us a thumbs up on the way in because you know you're going to love us. And uh, that way you won't forget on your way out. And you also help us combat all of the censoring and all of the limiting that the AI algorithms give us. We, uh, I just wonder, JC, are these kind of technical difficulties things that we're going to be experiencing over and over I don't know as these times go on look at those likes go up thank you guys you guys are awesome you're saying you're saying they're targeting you I'm saying that that it's going to be more and more difficult to get a message out on the airwaves that doesn't meet someone's preconceived approval. Sure. I'm not admitting that they're not, I'm not trying to claim that they're directly attacking us. I'm just saying that as these times move forward, I mean, the today's radio show is about communistic coercion live and well in America. And, and this is the kind of things, you know, if they had internet in 1940 Russia, what would, what would that have, what do you suspect that would have gone like? You know, because it's all about limiting the messages. It's all about taking the voice that is contradicting the dictated narrative. And, uh, I, I don't, I don't know what else to say, so other than just keep talking. Uh, so hello to those of you who are joining us from Middletown, New York, from Laguna Beach, California. Uh, oh, Laguna Beach has the nicest Ralph's grocery store I've ever seen. Oh, really? I've never, that's, that's what, oh. what, that's what uh, Healing says. I'd, I'd have never been to a Ralph's grocery store, so I would not believe. But, been to but, Harry's. No, but we've been to Harry's, yeah, and we've been to Trader Joe's. Yeah, so we just did a plug for Ralph's Grocery Store on the air here. We don't even know who they are. All right, so Central Washington in the house. The Warrior Poet Society and, quite frankly, seem to, be, seem to have alternative networks in the works. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that. You did hear that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, our problems weren't limited to YouTube today, so... It's, those are the things. Hey, I wanted to show you guys something I found kind of interesting. Uh, did you know that Ice Cube is a Q follower? Okay, that's not surprising. It's not surprising? Yeah. I did not know that. I ran across this tweet uh, today while I was doing something else. And uh, Ice Cube posted a picture that says, The media is complicit in treason Q. Why doesn't that surprise you, JC? <laughs> okay. Moving on. I wanted to share with Maybe you. Not everybody knows who Ice Cube is. Well, and that's kind of why I asked you. Why do you not find that surprising? Because oh, you know who Ice Cube is. Introduce him to the well, audience. You introduce <laughs> him to the audience. As a rapper and actor. Yeah. So that's that's why I opened up the floor for you yep. there to explain that. I don't know. Why does it? Why would it surprise you? Uh, well, because because I, I he just doesn't occur to me as a. I, I, well, I don't know him as well as you do. So I don't know him at all. Well, but you know <laughs> of him. You obviously know more than I do because you weren't surprised by his cuteness, and I was surprised by his cuteness. I guess I'm always surprised when 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 people is Ice Cube a conservative kind of guy? I don't think so. 
So why would a so non-conservative kind of guy be I mean, a typically Q guy? Gun, I, so, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Well, alrighty then. So the other story that I wanted to talk to you about today was, and this is about the communist coercion that we see, America is a constitutional republic. And you wouldn't know it today by looking at the way our society operates. Everything is based on bully tactics, on the mob coming after, uh, you know, certain people. And I noticed this today. Uh, now this is, let me just explain something, because the free market is supposed to work where boycotting is actually a tool that people use. And I believe that that you should be able to control the market through public participation, right? Mm -hmm. The problem that I have with this next story that we have up here is that um, Reebok gyms nationwide cutting ties with CrossFit over CEO's tweets about George Floyd. Now, it seems to me a one of those kind of things that it's damned if you do and damned if you don't kind of thing. So if you're not political, they jump at you, right? You've got to come out. I've seen this all over the place all week. Why aren't they taking a position? They need to take a position. Well, the CrossFit CEO uh, sent out what they called controversial tweets. And I'll show you the, co the controversial tweet that we have here. Greg Glassman is the CEO of CrossFit and he texts, he tweets out, it's Floyd-19. Sort of a play on COVID-19, right? So uh, George, uh, Greg Glassman has been very vocal about the the scam-like nature of COVID-19. So because he believes that COVID-19 is a designed, uh, what they're calling pandemic, apparently he also believes in what's being floated around now that, that uh, the George Floyd incident is also another false flag. Okay, that's what that meant? Yes, that's what that meant. Gotcha. And so the now what we have is a situation where these, because you have to be political and you can't be apolitical or you'll be banned, but if you are political and you don't match the mainstream narrative, you're also banned. And this is, this is the beginning that I'm, I'm seeing of the strong arm narrative. This is the, uh, the email that was sent out by uh, uh, the owners here. Let's see. Dear CrossFit headquarters, after eight years as CrossFit affiliate, we are ending our affiliation. Your response to the current movement to end systemic racism and police brutality is completely unacceptable and does not align with our values or benefits. We recognize that doing the right thing, being on the right side of history, and standing for justice and wholeheartedly embracing equality is not always easy. But our values are not adopted. Uh, but our values are not adopted and held because they are always easy, good for business, or make everyone comfortable. We own these values and believe because they are right and true. Regardless of the implications for our business, we are resolute in our anti-racist beliefs and our stance against police brutality. Your response to Rocket CrossFit Clair clarified for us that you are disinterested in criticism, self-reflection, black lives, listening, or learning. We will no longer to we will no longer continue to quote carry your water, as it is antithetical to anything we stand for and only serves the continuation of our systemic racism. We stand in solidarity with the black community, the Black Lives Matter movement. 
Rocket CrossFit and Intrepid Athletics PDX. Black's, Black Lives Matters. Uh, owners and head coach CrossFit Magnus, Nick Huron, Whitney Griffin, Herndon. and I'm sorry, Herndon, and Whitney Griffin and Quint Fisher. The I don't, uh, maybe you can help me understand this. I don't understand why questioning, I, I, I don't understand how you get from this tweet that he is anti-racist or that he is racist I would say that he's racist how do you get from this tweet that he's racist I don't believe you do how do you get from this tweet that he is failing to take a stance against police brutality well I'm, I'm not sure that he has to but uh, yeah, I don't know that you get that from that tweet. So this is this is. Go ahead. No, I. I it, this is, it's called cancel culture. So this is what they call cancel culture. Explain you, you that, have, please. You have to say what they tell you to say, what they want you to say, or they will um, destroy your business, your livelihood, and you know, pretty much make it where you can't you can't feed your family. That that's what cancel culture cancel culture. Is I mean you've seen that you've seen that from uh, com comedians like we were listening to Kevin Hart the other night. Black comedians right. and different comedians have uh, been victims of this. Kevin Hart was talking about uh, you know Dave Chappelle's the only the, the singular comedian, the, the one comedian out of an entire planet of comedians that stood up and said, "No, I'm not being politically correct. I'm a comedian. I make fun of stuff." Right. And then everybody yeah, the whole else. Point of comedy, yeah, isn't everybody it? else caved because of the cancel, what what's called the cancel culture, that we will shut you down if you don't say this. So that's what that is, I, you know. And I think I don't, it, it's hard to say. I always wonder, does this backfire? Because while he's going after the CEO of CrossFit, they're also naming their own business and putting themselves in the spotlight on, on this side. So at what point do people withdraw from their business? I mean, yeah, I don't know. So, well, and that's, that's how, uh, and I'm glad you put a name to it. Cause I didn't understand that. What did you call that? Cancel, Cancel. culture. And this is, this is the strong arm bullying to the dictated narrative that I, I, I identify as communist coercion. In the, the 1940s Russia, the communist uh, change in Russia, the coercion came through social pressure, it came through political pressure, it came at gunpoint. I mean, seriously, how many people were murdered because they spoke out against the dictated narrative? So we're not going around and shooting people in the head in America, but what we're... I don't know about that. Well, <laughs> we're not... Quite a few people dead in these riots. Yeah, that's well, that's true. But what we're also engaging in is the, the proverbial death sentence of people's livelihoods and their lives because they're not adopting the dictated narrative. Mm -hmm. And so... There's going to have to be a concerted effort in the people if we don't want to become overthrown just like every other government in history by these this this communist ideology. We're going to have to unite and get educated. Uh, America, like I said, is a is a constitutional republic. Our laws, our society is not supposed to be driven by mob mentality. And what we have to understand is, here's the thing I don't think people get, JC, when they talk about democracy. Well, why shouldn't the majority have the say? Well, because when most people think of majority, they think of the m most in population. But in, in democracies that people look to in the fa in the past that our founders studied said that they were always the key to oppression and slavery uh democracy doesn't mean the most people 
A lot of times it means the most power. If you are the most powerful group, then you will rule over everybody else. And as we talked about uh, on the show last week about how the media is become has become our government, they have become the majority. And so the majority in the media now rules over our society in the way that they are able to manipulate facts. They are manipulating the people's emotions. You keep people at a high emotional, um, stressed out level. And then you keep feeding them errant narrative and you bully people into these kinds of society uh, decisions. There's which are irrational. They're not based on logic. They're not based on fact. They're based on emotion because the society is kept at such a high level of emotional fervor and, and, and uh, dis, disinformation, misinformation. I wanted to show you guys this. So there are, there are a bunch of Supreme Court cases that are coming up very soon. Uh, and The Hill has an article. I think there's I looked through them. I think there's 20 cases. Some of them are, are actually combined into one case. And The Hill highlights uh, just seven of them. Now, the, I've been wanting to cover this, and we'll probably cover some of these cases in, in detail. But I want to show you this so we could have a discussion about this. So these are seven Supreme Court cases to watch in 2020. Now, what's interesting, JC, is the is as we go through the list at a later date, you'll see that, like I said, there's more than seven. But is this not, again, the media dictating what the people are supposed to be paying attention to? Because there are a lot more than seven, and there are more important cases than what we're seeing here. So let's look at the seven cases that the Supreme Court, that the Hill says we need to look at. So number one is Trump's financial records. Okay, so uh, separation of powers fights. Basically, does the House Oversight and Reform Committee have the authority to demand Trump's financial records when financial records are not a qualification under Article 2 to be president? And so they don't actually go into that, but, uh, but that's one of the cases. Now, Louisiana abortion laws is the other case. Uh, justices will hear a challenge to a Louisiana law requiring that abortion performing doctors have the right to admit patients to a local hospital uh, in what will be the first abortion case before the Supreme Court since President Trump's two nominees took the bench. Now I want us to, I, I'm going over this because the very next thing we're going to see is, is a series of polls from CBS. So pay attention and, and try to take note of what these cases are really about. So Trump's financial records is about the House Oversight and Reform Committee amending the Constitution as to the qualifications of the president. The Louisiana abortion law is a law that requires abortion performing doctors to have the ability to admit patients to a local hospital. Some people don't realize this, JC, but some abortion clinics uh, don't have any connection with a hospital at all. Right. So if something happens during the abortion, they don't get fast-tracked. There's no, no fast-track to it. So they're engaging in outpatient surgery. Okay, so abortion is qualified as outpatient surgery without any affiliation to a hospital at all. And Louisiana says if you're going to have an abortion clinic, you've got to have a relationship with a doctor. Okay? Religious school scholarships. Well, again, uh, what's his name? Roberts is the, is the um, linchpin. Yes. The, uh, the yes. uncertain element. Right. Right. Well... In 2016, they stuck, struck down a, a similar case in Texas uh, with Kennedy voting alongside the liberal bloc. So, if Kavanaugh... 5-3, that's... Yeah. Mm, hmm. so, they're missing. 
Yeah, some, they were, somebody sat out. I don't remember who sat out, but somebody sat out. And so if Kavanaugh takes Kennedy's vote to the conservative side and Gorsuch uh, stays conservative, then it could be a 5-4 in favor of the law. So that's why it's kind of iffy there. All right. So religious school scholarships. Uh, the, the state stop court struck down a program after finding it ran afoul of Montana constitutional provision that bans state tax dollars from funding sectarian schools, prompting several Montana parents to appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. So this is a separation of powers case, right? So do or uh, not separation of powers, separation of church and state case. So just like here in Florida, there is an amendment in the Constitution that says state money cannot go for religious purposes. And you and I know why. Because when money goes into a church or a religious organization, then the government or tax dollars go into a religious organization, then the tax, then the tax dollars create the arm of government control in the church. And so those amendments were actually put in there to keep the government from having a way to control the church. Religious exemptions from discrimination suits. Now here's another one that we have to keep our eye on for the next story that we're going to look at. So uh, it, this is the case that we've been talking about, JC, about the ministerial exception. So a church school... According to, and, and now we're all still talking about this, this is about the Civil Rights Act of 1965-68, right? That says you cannot discriminate based on uh, race, gender, creed. But in the anti-discrimination laws, there is carved out an exception for religious affiliations where hiring people would conflict with their religious beliefs. And in this case, that the, t the former teacher was not hot, was, was refused hiring or were dismissed because their uh, something that they did conflicted with religious beliefs. And so the church says, no, you can't do this uh, because we have an exception. And the teachers say, well, we're not ministers. Mm -hmm. We're just teachers. And so this is a case about the government defining what is a minister and what is not. So that's the core issue. Uh, and... I think the rest of these we'll just skip over because we can go on to this now. Now, remember, we're talking about the communistic coercion uh, work in America. And to, to me, and JC can, can correct me if I'm wrong, he's better with these labels than I am. But for me, it feels like the strong arm bully is what I mean by that. And so now, what, here's what we have. JC, before I move to this page, let me ask you a question. What is... What is the big selling point? And I'm putting you, I'm, I'm, I'm Socratically putting you on the hot seat here. Again. Again. <laughs> is this about rappers again? No, it's not about rappers again. What is the big, what is the big selling point with the judiciary? What is supposed to make the judiciary independent, different from everybody else? <laughs> that they're independent. That they're independent, right? That they're independent, right? And so... What we have now, and most people don't realize, they're independent from what? They're supposed to be independent from political influence. That's why they're not elected. So they don't have to be a party, and they're not supposed to be part of any political influence. Well, let me show you this. We're talking now. What would be the purpose of, of this? Oh, I hate these things. What would be the purpose of CBS issuing a poll of American people before the Supreme Court issues their opinions? So they can get a, send a signal to 
what political way they're supposed to go. Exactly. Exactly. So I want you to see these polls. Now, they the uh, the Hill article didn't touch on this Supreme Court case, but this has to do with the challenge on DACA. And Still? yes, yes. And and I want to show you how these polls go. So here's the question of the poll. Favoring allowing immigrants brought into the U.S. illegally as children to stay. There's your CBS poll. Now, the DACA issue is not that simple. Right? Are the, the methodology one, in this poll? I don't know. What does that in mean? In this article? They'll tell you how many and how it was taken and all that? No. It's like an internet poll? Yeah, so... Uh, let's see. See the latest CBS News poll asked Americans about their views on some related issues to cases before the U.S. Supreme Court, which announces its opinions in most cases before adjourning for the summer at the end of June or Jul at the beginning of July. Here's what we found. Okay. So basically, what Just they ask, did was we, I mean, we looked at the thing, the the show before you know, show a while back. Yeah. They're supposed to be members of that whatever, which mm -hmm. says they show you the methodology and how mm -hmm. they everything's transparent. And I was just wondering if that's on there. Oh, the fact-checking people. Yeah, but yeah. they're part of it. It's yeah, a they're part of the journalistic organization right. that these guys are members of that said when they do polls, then they will tell you uh, what their methodology was, how right. many people and all that. Right. Well, they're not. I mean, what does this mean? People that were on CBS's website decided yeah. to answer a yeah, poll Yeah, basically. Internet? It, it's the it's CBS so News poll. That would be the people who go to CBS website. So anyway, we're supposed to believe that a majority of Americans support DACA, basically. Right, exactly. But remember, what's the headline? It's not about what the majority of the people support. It's about weighing in on the issues before the Supreme Court. Okay? Mm -hmm. the, the, and, and my point is, once again, this is the media misinformation manipulating the people. Sure. That, that this... This is the issue before the Supreme Court. But this is not the simplistic issue before the Supreme Court. But it gets even better. All right. Uh, let's see. Immigrants to the U.S. make society better, worse, not much effect. How does that have to do with the issue that's before the Supreme Court? It has nothing to do with the issue that is before the Supreme Court. But the people are being misled into believing that now the Supreme Court is going to be deciding whether immigrants make the U.S. society better or worse. You see what I'm saying? This is, and this is how people get their information. Well, it also, it also adds, I mean, it would set up for what we're seeing now, for instance, potential unrest. Mm -hmm. So what if the Supreme Court goes in the other direction, right? That what if they knock down DACA? Then this is this is signaling that the Supreme Court just said yes. immigrants make, make society, society worse. worse. Yes, and so ah, uh, let's riot in the yeah. streets. Or even more, even even closer to the point that the Supreme Court says that children brought illegally in the United States must leave. But that's not the issue before the Supreme Court in this DACA challenge. Right. So regardless of, and here it is, if the Supreme Court follows the Constitution, God forbid, follows the Constitution and says that, uh, that this is not constitutional, because remember, it was never actually passed as legislation, mm -hmm. right? This is, once again, executive stuff that hasn't been passed by law. Yeah. Right. Essentially, the... The case is about deciding whether or not a president can write law right. outside of the executive. Exactly. That is the issue at hand. That's the issue. And so what happens then is that we have the Supreme Court then following separation of powers and the media's already already primed the pump for the people to believe that the Supreme Court said something that it didn't. Right. All right, you remember the Louisiana abortion case. Mm -hmm. Look at this headline. Whether Roe v. Wade should be overturned. <laughs> Are you kidding me? The Le Louisiana abortion case is not about overturning Roe v. Wade. 
The Louisiana abortion case is about whether a state in its regulatory authority over a medical procedure, right? Because that's what it is. We, we allow our states to regulate professions whether a state can in its regulatory authority require an outpatient surgical procedure to have affiliation with a hospital. But look at what CBS is doing. Mm -hmm. Setting up, priming the pump for the, the, the civil unrest of the people so that if the Supreme Court upholds the state's regulatory authority over medical profession, that the rest of America will believe that they just overturned Roe v. Wade. See what I mean? CBS News poll. Roe v. Wade. Supreme Court should, keep it as it is, overturn it. And here we have another one. Vote for a candidate who disagrees with you on abortion. See, they're making it all about whether abortion will remain or not. And not the fact that one state wants to regulate the outpatient uh, medical procedure. All right, so uh, gender and religion. Remember, those are our, our, uh, the, the cases with the teachers, right? So now, political party and ideology, CBS says, are more related to views on abortion and Roe v. Wade than to gender. Similar ma majorities of men and women think Roe v. Wade should be kept in place. A large majority of Democratic women, 8 in 10, favor keeping Roe v. Wade, a number that drops to 45% among Republican women. But looking at religious affiliation, majorities of both Protestant and Catholics think Roe v. Wade should stand. Uh, most white evangelicals, however, think that it should be overturned. So, now we have the LGBTs, most still see some discrimination, support civil rights protections. You know, we could probably broadcast 12 hours a day, every day, documenting these distortions of fake news. Yes, absolutely. Uh, fake news just lies and manipulates right. over and over and over again. So now we have... now. And again, yeah. we talked about this before, how it's crafted. Right. So, if you said, that's a lie... No, we took a poll. These are the results we took. It's right. true. What we're reporting is true, right? So it's it's a subtle manipulation. It's, Disinformation. It's, it's, it's the fact, it's the technique that they're using where, it, it, as you said in the title, mm -hmm. it's framed as what's before the Supreme Court. Right. The content of the the article, propaganda here, has nothing to do. It is right. not what is before the Supreme Court, but it it weaves this impression and draws out a particular reaction that th these people um, at CBS want. Right. So mm -hmm. so it's manipulation. It's mind control. It's brainwashing. Right. AKA fake news. And it's and and again this this is what motivates. The mob. Right. And by the way, their response to that would be uh, a poll that says, how many Americans believe in eliminating a free press? Right, right, <laughs> so right. So the fact that we, yeah. we just examine, evaluated, and analyze what they're doing, then they would spin that into, just like this, complete distortion. Oh, you, you want to do away with a free press. Well, look uh, at this. No, we want to do away with liars and subversives so look who at, are manipulating the American exactly. people, uh, causing division and unrest under the guise of freedom of press. So look at this, JC, this statement here. Now, this is all supposed to come from their poll, to which we do not know their sampling, nor do we know how many people they actually polled. We don't actually even know the whole question, right? We don't even know. Roe v. Wade, ha, is, is this actually the poll? But then the statement says, a large majority of Democratic women, 8 in 10, 
A large majority of what? Most people would think the large majority of American Democratic women. No, the large majority of women in this poll, which could have been 10 people, could have been 60 people, all who regularly subscribe to and visit the CBS page. That's the sum and total of who they are. How is this? And, and then they, they, the way they present this as if it's a, a sampling of the entire United States population. See, this is the misinformation. This is why they are actually, ex, they are actually complicit mm -hmm. in this stuff. True. So the LGBT, uh, there's a wide, let's see. Oh, yeah. Okay, so now, remember the case before the court on anti-discrimination in religious. If you don't be believe my religious beliefs, then I don't have to hire you. That's what this is about. Is, is a church exempt from the anti-discrimination laws? And, and to put another way, can a church legally... Say to a teacher, because you are, uh, you do not hold our religious beliefs, we cannot hire you. That's the question. Only, that's not the question before the Supreme Court. It doesn't have to do with gay, lesbian, and bisexuals. But this case before the Supreme Court about gender and the teacher and ministerial, Is, is being now conflated with can churches be den, uh, deny people because of their sexual orientation. Right. So here's how they're doing that. It has to do with defining religious right, religious freedom for, for who? It's like, so you right. have the Supreme Court, they're basically carving out. No, no, religious freedom only belongs to this group of people. Right, it exactly. It to anybody else. So only the whole case... Ministers. Right. It, the whole case before the Supreme Court is, is a teacher in a religious school a religious person under the, under the uh, uh, anti-discrimination laws? Right? Because if the teacher, and here's the argument, well, the teacher doesn't actually pray with the students. The teacher doesn't actually teach doctrine. Okay? Only people who pray and teach doctrine are exempt from religious discrimination laws. So what they're doing is they're taking this case that has nothing to do with, with sexual orientation and saying, if the Supreme Court sides this way, the Supreme Court sides against same-sex or sexual orientation civil rights when it doesn't have anything to do with sexual orientation civil rights at all. I mean, this has to be the most egregious. Well, I don't know. The abortion thing was pretty yeah, egregious, too, so it's, it's just crazy. Bad. It's just crazy. Discrimination in, in society. See how they're manipulating all of this. And here's Trump's tax returns. Is it necessary for Trump to release his tax returns? Now, this ought to be... That ought to be easy. Yeah. Right? Which, which necessary. What does necessary mean? So it should say, is there a law that requires Trump to release his tax returns? Mm -hmm. Then it should be 100% no. Right. No one, says, no one should say yes in this poll. So 84% of Democrats are morons. 16% of Republicans are morons. 52% of people polled are morons. Yes. It's not necessary. No, because there is no law. Right? Because it, but, and even if there was a law, it. it's not a requirement under Article <laughs> 2 anyway, because remember, Article 6, Clause 2 of the Constitution says that any law contrary to the Constitution is null and void. So even if the House and the Senate signed in a law that says the President of the United States has to turn over their tax returns, because it's not required by a... a a, 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 it's not a requirement to become president to return to send over your tax returns. It would be an unlawful law to begin with. By the so way, the can question, you think of any president? Because remember, a law has to be 
passed by the House and the Senate and signed into law by the President of the United States. Can you think of any President of the United States in the last 70 years that would agree to have their tax returns uh, viewed by the public as a matter of law? No, but that, that's, that would be the proper question, right? Yeah. Do, do you believe that the Constitution should be amended yes. to require presidential candidates to release their tax returns? Right. That's what the proper question should be. But here's so the whether thing. somebody thinks, whether it's somebody's opinion that it's necessary. What does is that irrelevant? even mean, necessary? Right, necessary. That's an opinion. Is it your opinion? Now, here's the Who thing. Cares? Okay. Here's it, what you think. It would be necessary for Trump to release his tax returns if his tax returns were relevant in a criminal investigation and they could actually get a warrant. Let's re be reminded that these attorneys are trying and the House uh, Ways and Means Committee or whatever one it was uh, are trying to get Trump's tax returns without a warrant. Mm -hmm. So we're circumventing the president's right to be secure in his property. We're circumventing Article 2 of the Constitution, which establishes the clear criteria of what's necessary to be president. And number three, we're circumventing the entire amendment process of the Constitution. Number four, we're, we're circumventing the entire lawmaking process. Isn't it funny? Uh, and they boil it down here as to whether it's necessary or not. But isn't it funny while well, at the same time they're saying, we have subpoena power. And then they were also saying, well, this, this isn't a court. Yeah. This is not a trial. Yeah, right. So we don't have to follow this. Well, if you're not a court, then how are you demanding that you have the right to gather people's uh, personal effects without a warrant? So what you have is Goebbels' Ministry of Truth right here. Mm -hmm. what, what What do you... what? I mean, the whole media, I don't think it's just CBS, but they all do the same thing. They're just, this has just been like a jewel dropped in our laps. It couldn't be any better than this. What, what did they call it in Russia when they rewrote the narrative? I don't know. He did, they didn't, did they have a ministry of truth? I don't, I don't no, remember that. The gulags. Part. The gulags, yeah. You were sent there and you died. Yeah, well, there you, you go. We don't need to rewrite anything. We rewrite your existence. And if you disagree then you just keep your mouth shut or you go away, mm -hmm. right? So, again, today, 81% of Republicans don't think it's necessary for Mr. Trump to release his tax returns. 80% of how many Republicans? H how many Republicans would participate in a CBS poll? Phone, here, here it is. Oh, right, Phone there we go. Poll, oh, my goodness. 1,300 Nine adults. Ha ha ha. How many people in America? 300, like 300 million? 300 million people, and they polled 1,300. They couldn't even pull out 1,500 people. And now all of a sudden they can say 81% of Republicans. Polls are garbage. But you see how this is used to manipulate, though, JC? Mm -hmm. Absolutely manipulate. How can how can how can anybody give these this media any kind of credibility at all? I, I find it absolutely absolutely disgusting. CBS, cabal of bloody subversives. How about that? Is this C CBS? Can we? The Center for BS. There you go. <laughs> I like it. So yesterday we talked about how the the Senate's police bill is really a nothing burger because it number one it doesn't have any access to local police number two would not have prevented anything that happened to George or uh, any of the other uh, deaths that happened because of improper holds and that it only affects people who take federal money, right? So I brought, I found this story and I thought that this would be a good punctuation, uh, punctuation on the fact that we need to get out of the federal money system, right? So Schumer asks Labor Department to investigate Florida's quote, flawed unemployment system. So basically what Schumer is mad about is that 
other states gave out more money than Florida did for unemployment. Uh, he says, let's see, it says, in a letter to the department's inspector general sent Monday, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York and Senator Ron Wyden of Oregon, the ranking Democrat on the Senate Finance Committee, wrote that Florida's failures stand out even among other states that have struggled to pay their out-of-work residents. Quote, their letter states, while all states have seen record increases in the number of its residents applying for unemployment, the state of Florida's performance has proved uniquely poor in its abject inability to assist millions of Florida residents who have applied for and continued to wait, continue to await unemployment benefits. So what authority does this Chuck Schumer have over Governor Ron DeSantis? Yeah, obviously none, but this, this has become a pattern now. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's now making sense. Uh, there is a targeted political assault on, against the state of Florida. So mm -hmm. they are trying to manipulate the public right. to, to turn against the Republican leadership. So right. I, I've noticed this over and over and over again. There's this smear campaign that's ju just, just the same way that the... Uh, you know, Trump derangement syndrome crowd goes after Trump, even even when it's not something worth criticizing. Uh, they're now using that same tactic against DeSantis and Florida's government in general to try to sway the population, basically try to make the population blue. Right, exactly. This, this is happening over and over again now. Oh, thank you, Dragon's Talent, for your donation today. Chris Ann Hall and JC spreading the truth of liberty and constitutional knowledge. Thank you for your super chat today. Because, I mean, Schumer's from New York. Right. By the way. Exactly. That's my point. What is Schumer's authority over the state of Florida? Now, maybe if Marco Rubio wanted to say something. Or Rick Scott wanted to say something, then maybe their vision would be a little bit more valid. But they're still federal. Mm -hmm. So my message to Ron DeSantis is just simply this. Shut them up. Stop taking federal money. Right? So, so the whole reason that, that Schumer can say something is because a portion of the unemployment benefits that went out came from federal tax dollars. So if we just take care of Florida people with, with Florida funding, then we don't have to listen to Schumer anymore. So what should I do here? I have two cases. I have two stories left. That one. That one? All right. This one. All right. So this is something that I wanted to explain from a prosecutorial judicial perspective. This is from NPR. You got a name for NPR yet? No, <laughs> uh, new propaganda report information. That's like, no sign of Antifa so far in Justice Department cases brought over unrest. Now, this is a very interesting spin on this story because they are trying to claim that the people that are that have been recently arrested there are 51 individuals facing federal charges uh, in connection with the rioting and the looting and so what they're saying is that of the 51 individuals facing federal charges none of them have been officially linked to the Antifa movement now that's not what they say. They say none is alleged to have links to the Antifa movement. But what we really need to say is none have been officially linked. Now, here's the thing. We just are seeing these people facing federal charges. Mm -hmm. What you're basically required to do as a prosecutor to make these kind of gang-like links is to use the RICO laws. Okay, so you've got to RICO them into gang affiliation. Mm -hmm. That is not something that happens uh, in a week. 
And Barr even says that um, we have some investigations underway, very focused investigations on certain individuals that relate to Antifa. But in the initial phase of identifying people and arresting them, they were arrested for crimes that don't require us to identify a particular group or don't necessitate that. Right. That's the first thing that popped in my mind. I mm -hmm. mean, they're... You look at the charges, mm -hmm. uh, what, what do they say, illegal possession of firearm, um, arson. arson, other, I mean, what is that, 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 that has nothing to do with any affiliation no. with anyone, so it's a no. separate thing, so it makes total, his response makes total sense. Right. Now, former, and, and again, it's fake news, trying right. to put a spin. Trying to put a spin on this, now look at this, the, William Barr gives you a very good, clear explanation. And you know me, I'm not a I'm not a barite, I'm not a worshiper, and I have my problems with William Barr. But what he's saying here is absolutely correct from a prosecutorial perspective. You don't jump into this. It's something that you might charge later, but it takes time. You I mean, if people understood all of the things that must come together to 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 make gang affiliation a, a criminal aspect to a crime. It, it's just, it takes a lot of puzzle pieces. And you're not going to have that in the beginning. That's what he says. Uh, in, but in the initial phase, right? So later on, there could be these ties. Sure, could be. But, but look what they said. The, the unnamed, now NPR gets into the unnamed people. Former federal prosecutors said if the government had indications that an individual had ties to or documented interest in a particular extremist movement, they would have likely included it in the charging documents to cite it during a bail hearing. My, my question is, these folks... That is BS, by the way. NPR, because they love to virtue signal. Yes. Uh, why would any decent human being go out of their way to defend Antifa? You, you made a whole piece in here to to make Antifa look good. No, it's it's actually no no no. It's not a piece to make Antifa look good. It's a piece to make Trump look bad. True. Because Trump has made Antifa. the statement that the people in the riots are Antifa, right. and he called Antifa de he delegate or designated Antifa as a terrorist group. Mm -hmm. So. Which what NPR is saying here, and that's why they brought in their, their little non-unnamed former prosecutors, with my little finger quotes here. Yeah. Well, if Trump was right and Antifa was really in, you know, causing all of these disruptions and all of this civil unrest, then, then why isn't the Department of Justice finding them everywhere? This, is the, this was the second thing popped in my mind that Dragon just asked. Shouldn't these be state charges unless they attacked or destroyed a federal building or federal employees? Absolutely. That's the other problem. Yeah, uh, that's the other problem with this thing. So you have, but you do have some federal buildings. You have post office, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. You have, I think, yeah, there were some federal buildings. So, so, so that's perhaps, maybe why there's yeah. only that. I mean, you might look at it and go, only 51 people out of everything that's happened. Well, these yeah. are only 51 that rose to the jurisdiction of federal. So maybe that is the case, that some sort of federal, so-called federal property or whatever. Yes, it could be, yeah. So buried in the article, that does not rule out the possibility, of course, that investigators could c discover such links in the course of their investigation. Right. So meanwhile... <laughs> that's not the headline. That's not the headline. No, no sign. sign. <laughs> no sign. No sign right? So they put up, here, they put up Barr's explanation, and then right underneath it, See how they do that? To discredit Barr. Mm -hmm. Well, real federal prosecutors that we spoke to said... They, if they had anything, they would they sign it. Yeah. And <laughs> then you have a whole paragraph break that separates the fe their, their federal prosecutor experts from the real explanation that matches Barr's. Right. They could prosecute. They could, you know, be building the case for the primary charge and, and the investigation about some sort of gang ring terrorist group could be mm -hmm. something completely separate. Like mm -hmm. You have this investigation going on while you're investigating this other mm -hmm. thing and prosecuting this case. One has nothing to do with the other necessarily from a prosecutorial standpoint. 
Yeah. So, so these federal prosecutors uh, apparently are idiots as well. Right. Exactly. Or a lot, lot more likely lying. They they pick some leftist prosecutors who who want to do the same thing they're doing. That is, uh, you know, smear Trump, make it all about Trump. Everything's about Trump. Right. Once again, we have fifty-one people under federal jurisdiction, whether it's real federal jurisdiction or invented federal jurisdiction for arson, inciting riot. Uh, and what well, I forgot what the other thing was. Because the federal prosecutor, if they were objective, they that's what they would say. Oh right. well, you know they don't have to do that right. Basically, they'd say what Barr said. They don't right. have to do that right now. There could be something coming later. You right. wouldn't necessarily know about it at the point. I mean, it, it's because the thing is, if you have those pieces of information and you're investigating, you're not going to go out and say all of this stuff to mess up your in the ongoing investigate. Hey, we have indication of this. And then the people that you're talking about hear that. All right, burn the stuff. You know, rip, sh- get it, get the shredders. Let's get rid of the evidence. Right. They're not right. So these federal prosecutors, they found some more liars uh, right. who, who are in the same cabal that want to spin this this narrative. So anybody with half a brain can see that they're lying. So it's it's crazy how many people in America. Well, that's what this I was going to say. How many people? In America, have less than half a brain these days. But then, at the I same time, but at the same time, these other networks, their ratings, I mean, they basically have no ratings. So, do a lot of people actually believe this? I think more people don't. I mean, a lot of people do, uh, as far as Democrats are concerned. Well, and you have a whole younger, a whole segment of the yeah, younger population, the brainwashed people, the brainwashed people. So uh, it's it's just frustrating to me, and this is where our rule comes in. This is why we as, I hate this phrase, but we as the woke have a greater responsibility to bring this truth to light. We have to be so ubiquitous in media, social media, what we do, that we have to take over the narrative. We have to have... Uh, a, a way for people, and we have to be persistent. You know, we've talked about this when you're talking about your local politics. You have to be persistent, and we have to be persistent. Mm-hmm. And we have to be the ones that aren't intimidated by the name calling. You know, I had that, I had that, that Twitter twerp the other day, just totally because I he's he was promoting that the federal government. That, that Congress has a an authority to do whatever they want as long as the Constitution says they doesn't say they can't do it. And the new ideology, government is unlimited in its power unless the Constitution says they can't. Mm-hmm. Ignoring the fact that the Constitution is not a document of can'ts, it's a document of cans. And if they don't say you can, then you can't. But they've twisted all of that. So what I did was I responded to him on Twitter with just quite, I mean, I didn't even say a word. I, I, I put up there James Madison, uh, those who uh, ratified the Constitution perceive that this is a limited government, right? Mm-hmm. And then I put in Edmund Pendleton, who said that why would we have an enumeration if we didn't mean there them to be limited? It would be ridiculous, right? And then the next word, the next tweet that came off his page at me was, I'm a racist. I'm a bigot, I'm a liar, I'm incompetent, and that the SPLC is right about me, (laughs) right? And so before I could even respond, because remember, I didn't attack him, I just put facts. That's all I did. I posted a fact, a date, a quote, and a, uh, a quote, a name, and a date. And all of a sudden, this vitriol, JC, came at me with, with vigor. And before I could even ask him where all his hate came from, he blocked me. So these people, these people, we have to keep sowing the truth. Speaking of responding, didn't you, didn't you respond about this Marine, the Marine guy? Because you mentioned GOA or NAGR, right? Mm-hmm. So apparently this fellow missed your response. Okay, Parker, uh, I am suggesting that your Marine friend get in touch with uh, Gun Owners of America or the National Association of Gun Rights. They are the attorneys that deal with gun rights issues. 
Cool. On the record. Now, again. Well, thank you guys for uh, sticking with us through all of this. Remember to hit the subscribe button before you go so you don't miss any of our our live videos. Also, hit the thumbs up. Give us a like on all of our uh, on today's video before you leave so you don't forget when you like us before you go, it helps us override the AI that hates us. So show us some love with your thumbs. <laughs> God bless you guys. Got anything to say, JC, before we go? Bye. God bless you guys. See you tomorrow.